Hello and welcome to Open School of Business. Today I have a pleasure to introduce you to Belinda Kendall, the owner and founder of Promise Media Group LLC. She has spent several years working in media and uh, she had had her own talk show on several uh, radio stations uh, and interviewed uh, a lot of interesting uh, people, celebrities and pastors and athletes. <laughs> Uh, but most importantly, ordinary people with extraordinary stories. And that's what we would like to do uh, at Open School of Business uh, from the business side. And today I have a lot of questions for Belinda about her journey to becoming full-time journalist um, and her plans of opening up her own uh, TV station this year. Um, she has spent uh, many years working in uh, marketing, sales, uh, so she has a lot of business experience and there's a lot to learn uh, for us, the podcasters, uh, in general, uh, anyone who uh, is interested in media business. Uh, also, uh, very important to uh, mention that Belinda has an incredible uh, following on Facebook and LinkedIn that she grew organically over the years. Um, and those are all the things that um, uh, find uh, success through doing really good things because she is a great uh, volunteer uh, and she's the uh, first uh, black uh, woman who uh, is the board member uh, of uh, the um, Fans of America nonprofit. Yes. Um, and also she has um, been instrumental in many many community projects that uh, she will uh, tell us about today so i'm very excited uh, belinda welcome to the show thank you so much for having me thank you uh, i would like to start off uh, our conversation about how did you start your journey uh, into becoming a journalist and how all the experiences that you've gained uh, over the years helped you get there? So I started my journey in media uh, when a gentleman that owned, he used to own WGIV, and his name was Dr. Frank Nillick. And he gave me a chance to have a show. And it was a daily show. And it was so interesting because I was able to, you know, it takes a lot of networking. You have to go to networking events. You have to keep your hands and eyes on the pulse of the community and what's happening. And when you invite people onto your show, they bring their own following, which makes it really successful. Um, so I started with that. Then I got out of media for a while and I started focusing on my social media page. And when I started focusing on my social media page, I would say back in 2009, um, that's when I first started my Facebook. And when I first started doing that, um, I started posting positive things, things that would make you think, um, articles and current events. But the most thing was positive things and being a resource in the community. So if I knew about job openings, I would search the internet, you know, where are the job fairs, where um, is this going? And I made sure I posted it on my social media and LinkedIn. So that made me a go-to page to see what was going on in the community, what was important and what wasn't. Um, that grew from the first time I had a page, it was 5,000, that was the limit. 
created another page, 5,000. That was the limit. So I kept creating pages and I was asked to be administrator on some pages. And some of those pages had over 200,000 people and they enjoyed my post. So with LinkedIn, I started doing the same thing. And uh, when you build up your social media, you have to be a resource. I get emails every day on LinkedIn. I love what you're doing. I go to your page every morning just to see what's happening. And when you make yourself a resource, that's how you can grow your people. Yeah, it's all about creating value. And I'm just so amazed that this is the value you created uh, locally, focusing mostly on your community mm -hmm. locally. But now I think on LinkedIn, you're also reaching globally. Yes. Uh, just knowing what people care about and posting it. Um, uh, tirelessly every day uh, and, mm -hmm. and posting a lot. So um, how much time does it usually take you during the day to do that? And also, oh, how much do you engage with the postings later on? Like when people post either comments or questions and sometimes quite negative comments as well, do you engage with them in the beginning? So, was your strategy? To start with the negative comments, you never respond to that. You don't even get in a conversation with it. I always say, live your life like you're gonna run for president one day. And you don't want them pulling up something you said out of anger or trying to defend yourself. We don't have to defend ourselves. Everybody has their own opinion and you just have to leave it there. That's his thought, that's wonderful. I have went through sometimes and clicked liked on all the comments and some of them are negative. But thank you for giving your opinion. Um, that's the most important thing. You got to just, I always tell my kids, just in case I run for dog catcher one day, I don't want them bringing up an argument I had on social media. <laughs> that's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> throw me out of the race. Um, so you never respond to that. And I like to tell people that I'm a self-confessed ADHD person. I, my daughter told me, she said, mommy, you have the attention span of a goldfish. So a lot of times when I'm on conference calls, I'm scrolling through social media. And if I see a story that's interesting, I just click it and share it on my page. And I'm listening at the same time, but it doesn't take a lot of time for me because it becomes common. You know, I um, always like to have a balance. Not everything, you know, concerning black people, not everything concerning white people. Give it a nice mix. Um, anything about history, um, anything about jobs, I'm putting it out there. Stimulus check. I remember when the first stimulus check came out, if you hadn't filed your taxes or, or some kind of way you could not get your check. And I went and found the article that showed you how to do it. I posted it on LinkedIn and social media. I think I've got over 300 emails saying, thank you. We didn't know how to do this. Um, so it's things like that is what will grow it. And it takes time if you have time. In your spare time, you just look at, I'm going to educate someone. This may help someone. Um, people need to know this. And it's just click and share, click and share. Yeah, it's amazing because uh, you just brought up the uh, issue of, uh, you know, posting things uh, about black people's history or white people, etc. But I think at this time in our uh, life, um, 
black matters became really important for everyone it and did. Uh, it's just that happens so that events right now are unfolding in a way that we all should be sharing these things and, and learning right. and educating about uh, uh, the history and how things went and all the things that the minorities and women are still facing as challenges. Yes. Yes. And uh, I think for uh, me, it's very lucky to have you today on the podcast because I want to find out more about your experience uh, of being a black uh, woman in the U.S., uh, and in media, um, how is it different and, and how you make the best out of it? It's kind of like you go into it with three cards and you only pull them when, that, when everything else fell. I'm African-American. I'm a woman. And is this racism? So you can't just pull those cards right away based on reaction. Now, I did have a company that I worked for where I covered a large part of South Carolina. So in covering that large part of South Carolina, I had to go and visit my team members at their homes. And there was one guy that had a Confederate flag. It was the curtain in their house. And when I walked in the house, I was trying to do a 90 day projection for his wife, to show her how to do a 3% increase. And he just looked at me and he said, what would you say if I called you the N word? And he didn't say N word, he said the word. And I just told him, you know, sir, you can call me a dog. I'm not going to have puppies. And you can call me a fish and it's not going to make me swim. It's not what you call me. It's who I think I am. And I find that people will use racial slurs, um, intimidation when they feel defeated. If you ever notice when children start fighting or fussing, they will break off and say something like, your head is too big because they feel defeated. So they come after personal attacks. So as far as personal attacks like that, I've seen it. But you have to know for yourself, you know, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm here for a reason. There is nothing that I can't do without God. And it kind of overrides what they say and or how they treat you because there's a bigger thing at play. At play. There's a much bigger thing. So you don't give into it. You just don't give into it at all right i think it's incredible and very inspiring because usually when we discuss women issues and the glass ceiling glass ceiling is in a way that it's a very hidden policy that doesn't really discriminate you openly and right. no one would openly attack you but it's mm -hmm. still in play and still uh, going on um, so when it becomes even more like personal and direct, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. uh, the reaction that people expect would be also very open and direct. And when you don't right. react, it kind of makes it even um, less powerful, Right. I would say. But right. also there is another um, side to the story about uh, awareness is the first uh, step to prevention. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, learning the history, like, for example, right now, especially for fresh immigrants who just arrived into the country and maybe have not educated themselves about all the issues that have happened here, uh, mm -hmm. even in recent years, like the segregation rules and in the, in the 60s, people wouldn't be able to ride a bus together. 
Like all these things seem to be outrageous and doesn't seem like it was real, mm-hmm. but it was real. However, if we, um, I've seen like, especially on Netflix recently, they have had an amazing list of movies and things to watch mm-hmm. to educate yourself. But at right. the same time, it put that, it puts that consciousness into your mind where you start feeling like, oh my God, I'm not equal in this country. I'm kind of not white. You kind of mm-hmm. become self-conscious. And so I'm wondering what, what's your opinion about this whole, like how media portrays and, uh, you know, because it's very easy to get into the victim mentality. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to become self-aware. For example, mm-hmm. when I didn't, I wasn't in this country, I never thought race was like this like i never put myself into the asian box right um and even till this day they they don't really give much an opportunity to put yourself into the right box um and then at the same time i'm like wait a minute why do i really have to say what my race is that's a whole different story about why we're doing it right Uh, but okay coming back to my original question like (laughs) the awareness what do you think like do we have to be aware that these things were happening and maybe till this day it could happen is this a a source for prevention or is this something that can further deepen the problem especially in our own minds as minorities so so i'm very spiritual and um because i am I live by that scripture. If God is for me, who can be against me? So instead of getting consumed with the reactions and the response and and, and what's going on, it's time for you to realize who you are. Because the people that really make it crack the glass ceiling, they have all different nationalities. But they didn't allow the negativity of media they didn't allow the negativity they received in corporate America to stop them. Um, when I think of Black Life Matters, I had an interesting conversation with a lady who was Caucasian. Um, she said, how can you, you know, talk about Black Life Matters and you're killing your own people? And I said, very simple. When we kill our people, we pay for the crime. But when they kill our people, they don't pay for the crime. So it's not a thing of like, we're doing this, we just want justice. Um, I think this is a battle that is gonna go on for the rest of our lives. Um, But we have to also understand you're here for a reason. You know, sometimes you gotta get up in the morning, you're like David in the Bible, you got to encourage yourself. Um, You're gonna get negative, you know, reactions from people. There are jobs that you truly qualify for and you won't get because you're a woman. Um, I worked for a corporation and I was making six figures. The same man that did the same job I did made $50,000 more than me. And we had the same job. So what did I do? I said, fine, I'll just make my difference up in commission. You see, I wouldn't let myself become consumed with the injustice that was done. Because some of these things you cannot control. It's like trying to stop a big machine and it's not gonna happen. So now it's time for you to go into yourself. You example, I'm an Asian American. God allowed me to be here. He's positioned me in certain places. 
what everybody else thinks doesn't matter. It's almost like a movie. <clears throat> the whole movie is about you. As like Whoopi Goldberg, you know, she played in color purple. Sometimes in God's eyes, I believe we look like Whoopi Goldberg saying, well, Mr. had more lines, but the whole movie is about you. They're just part of the process. That makes sense. Yeah. I think it's amazing because um, you also mentioned um, about women uh, making that decision and, you know, making money either in commission or et cetera. This is actually how a lot of women are being um, uh, kind of pushed back from the corporate world into entrepreneurship. Yeah. That's why we see a, a really rising numbers in women entrepreneurs. And right. also with the COVID-19, the pandemic, 41% of all small businesses went bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't seen the statistics on you know the, their backgrounds, but it's just amazing how uh, this kind of big events, they really affect mm -hmm. uh, the people who are in need the most. Not the exactly. big corporations, but the smaller businesses, the people who are really just making their own salary. Um, so in this um, a very a difficult situation, uh, what were the strategies you used to keep your business going and growing um, and things that you're doing right now? So what I had to do, I realized they're not going to come save me, you know. And so I had to rely on, and then I appreciated the struggles I went through in the past because it taught me to survive where I'm at now. See, when you take the emotions out of it and when you keep hitting that glass ceiling and not going anywhere, maybe God's trying to tell you it's time for you to be an entrepreneur. So then you become someone that just gets all the answers, collect all the data and take it and make it work for yourself. So in this season now where, you know, these small businesses are not getting funded, we see a lot of them going out of business. It's not over. You have to just, I mean, I can't say enough. What's going on now is a gigantic machine. And you, I, or 10,000 people cannot stop it. We have to figure out how to survive in this area. So what I did, I do uh, interviews on Zoom. And I take those interviews and we're working on my website now and we're going to upload it to my website. So we'll put a teaser on LinkedIn. We'll put a teaser on Facebook and other social media sites. And so when you click on that, you're going to go directly to my website. What does that do for me? I can go to a company and say, listen, I get 25,000 views a day. I will charge you X amount of dollars to advertise on my website. Or you can sell your email addresses for people that sign up on your website. It's called data monetization. See, there's still a, a way to make money. When you think about Facebook, Facebook is free, but he has all your information. And he can take that information and sell. So a lot of times uh, what we need to do is just get more creative. It's not over. It's just time for us to change our way of thinking. I hope that answered your question. Right. I, I think it's great because um, it's exactly what we've been talking about um, last week with Rosalie. Uh, she's a marketing coach. And she was uh, talking about converting those subscribers into your own uh, yes. 
into your own website uh, mm -hmm. where you collect their emails and where you can send them notifications and mm -hmm. information uh, on your terms because right. all the social media, they change the algorithms and sometimes mm -hmm. you won't be able to reach even your own fans. Right. So now I think it's really timely that you're doing your own website with all the information and the value that you're bringing in. Thank you. Uh, that's 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 really good um and also yeah i wonder um for how you uh started doing the talk show independently from the radio or like when you started doing it did you uh try to get people who are famous locally and uh get that community uh, involvement there or was it more about uh, the topics they brought even they were maybe not so uh, local to your area so once you build up your following uh, it's very easy to get people to come on your show because they know they're going to be in front of a large audience so the message would get out um, with WGIV I started locally and I got all the way up to Jesse Jackson you know I just started locally and kept building and building and building where I actually had a chance to interview a lot of international pastors. Then once I came out of that world and went to work for corporate America, the whole time I was still working on my social media, building it up, building it up, building it up. And when I did that, when I went back into radio, I was able to call on those people again. Um, so I guess the best way to describe it is you can't be scared to do Zoom. You can't be scared to do podcasts or um, blog talk radio because people are always wanting to get their story out. Like I said, there's ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So with what I do now, I have a talent agency that found me on LinkedIn. They will send me celebrities. They'll send me actors and actresses based on the social media platforms that I have. Um, some will actually pay you you know, this person has written a book. Um, we would like for you to interview this person and do it Facebook Live or do it on LinkedIn. And we'll give you three or $400 just to interview this person. And my inbox stays full of people that want to be interviewed. I just have to be conscious, just like yourself, God has given you this platform and you've got to use it wisely. So I, I need to know a little bit more about what you want to talk about. You know, what is your hidden agenda? Because I don't want to lose my platform over greed or use it where I mislead someone. So you start locally with politicians, which is very easy to get, sadly. They, they love to have a platform, but uh, they do. And you find out things that are going on in the community, in your community, that needs attention. I remember it was 2007 or 10, between seven and 10 when we had our Big, our personal, you know, discretion. Uh, the time we really struggle, a lot of people are losing their homes. And that's when I found out that when a family becomes homeless, what happens is they take that family and they separate them based on the ages of the son. So if you're a mother and you've got three kids and you've got an eight-year-old girl, a 10-year-old girl, and a 16-year-old boy, he's not allowed to stay in the women's shelter with you. They send him to the men's shelter or to like a children's home. 
So I remember calling uh, a guy in India who had a hotel here in Charlotte and said, listen, I don't want these families to separate. And can you help me keep them together? I'll make sure their room is paid. And do you know that I was able to raise over $200,000? MSNBC recorded it, CNN recorded it. Uh, we found 17 people homes, 38 people jobs. And the media came out for it. People were calling and saying, listen, I'll donate $2,000. And I will just hand the phone over to the uh, general manager to take the information. I had the FBI given money. Um, but see, that was getting into the community. The problem was people were losing their homes and families were gonna have to be separated. So when you have the answer, your worth is priceless. And the answer was to keep them together. And it's, um, it's really, you know, the, the work that you were doing was touching lives and mm -hmm. making a real difference. So mm -hmm. uh, that, that is just priceless in, in, you know, whatever money that been raised, but the response that they got, uh, th that's just amazing. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this right now and they have concern for their communities, mm -hmm. uh, anyone can start doing it. It's just finding the problem, finding the time, and right. just pulling together resources with people right. that can help and the people mm -hmm. who need help. And um, you have to pull the emotions out of your struggle. Um, what I mean by that, Black Life Matters. It's a very emotional thing because I have a son. It's a very emotional thing to see a man gunned down like that. But has the world gotten worse or are we just seeing more because of technology? So this has been more broadcast. You know, they didn't have camera phones. They've always killed black and white men and women, the police has, um, unjustly in some cases. I honor the police. I, I truly, I have a lot of friends that are state troopers, sheriffs, I'm very close with the sheriff of our county here, but there are some bad cops, but you have to take the emotion out of it and say, this is my time to shine. What I mean by that, I'm an African-American, you're Asian-American, we're both women. There's a lot of injustice, but it has touched a lot of corporations' hearts. So when you take the emotions out of it, you can focus in on how can I partner with Bank of America? How can I partner with BB&T and Wells Fargo, because now they see this is a problem and this is my time to partner. But if we stay in the emotions, we'll stay in a point where, oh, wow, I'm just so pitiful because I'm a woman. You got to get out of that. This is our time. I um, did an interview the other day and I said, Corona was like God pressing pause. You know, we all of us have wonderful ideas, but we were always distracted with, I got to go to work. I got to get pieces. Oh, I got to go have dinner with the girls. Oh, we're going out for drinks. Oh, we're going on vacation. And I said, no, oh. I'm going to sit you down and you have nothing to do but to work on your idea. So I believe, just like people said, a lot of babies are going to be born in November and December because of a stay at home <laughs> order. I also believe there's going to be a lot of awesome ideas and books and ministries that's going to be birthed because we've had time to focus. There's no excuse, no distraction. You're home. 
Right, that's right. A lot of people who I interviewed are also um, into this idea that it's going to be very beneficial for them and their work, mm -hmm. especially creative work and entrepreneurs. Yes. yes. So, and anyone who writes a book as well, you just sit home and, and you're going to finish it, that this, book. So Yeah, you can finish it now. So there's no excuse that we should not produce in 2021 new giants and new millionaires. But see, the thing is, is that, again, because I'm a Christian, this is how I look at it. We have to look at God like he's a banker. Um, he's not going to give us wealth to just flaunt. You know, look at me, I've got a Bentley. That's not how it comes. Just like a banker want to know a business plan. How is this going to work? God is saying, if I gave you a million dollars, if I put you in a position to have a million dollars, what would you do with it? And if it starts off with Chanel bags and, you know, Gucci, it shuts down. But if you're saying, God, I'm, I'm going to build some affordable house. I'm going to partnership with this here. I mean, you really got to have a plan. You really do. Yes. And it's not to find or show what you got. It's how you're going to help society. And how are you going, how is God and people in the community are going to you're going to thrive off of your investments and your projects in society. Yes, that's right. And I, I think um, a lot of uh, the people who I talked to, especially parents, were struggling a little bit uh, with the online schooling. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to be online schooling for fall 2020 in our state, at least in Maryland and, and Virginia. Uh, I think the news just came out about a week ago. Mm -hmm. uh, what uh, are there uh, things that you think parents could do while trying to work and feed their families and also have their, uh, you know, the little kids, the big kids, everyone at home? Uh, so how, how was your experience in, in the spring as well? I think this is a good time for women and men that have been in corporate America. And they have a niche on how finances is done, you know, how the stock market is run. So why not create a Zoom uh, class that you pay a small price for? And just like the kids have the online school, uh, extra credit is if I pay this lady $25 a week, you can go to her site and she's going to teach you Mandarin. I can pay this lady $25 a week and um, they're gonna teach you about the history of India, something that's not covered in the already uh, planned with the school. So this is your time to really create businesses based on all the experiences and sell it because it's an extra curriculum that's not covered in the schools. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. I think it's, it's a great opportunity for education right now, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But however, I've heard that people are struggling because especially smaller children, like about seven of an eight of age there, mm -hmm. they can't even do their homework by themselves really well. Right. So I think there has, there, there is a challenge there, but it can be also a time to grow for everyone and, and even for children to learn more independence. And you've got to create like a social um a, a social environment for them is traumatizing to us 
And imagine a six or seven years old trying to figure this whole thing out. Why can't we go to McDonald's like we used to on Saturday morning? You know, why can't I have a play date? Um, I think kids in this generation that we're going through are going to be some extremely intelligent children. But at the same time, I look at it as a way for parents to really, truly to get to know their children. I have a friend of mine, she would always defend her son. And, you know, since it started, I said, you see, it ain't the teacher, don't you? He's just, you know, he needs to <laughs> He's got a born on. But it's a time for you to get to know your children. It's a time for you to teach them about their history. It's such a wonderful time if we stop looking at the negative of it. But it is also at the same time, a wonderful time for people like yourself to create an idea that you could teach the children and sell that idea. And the parents will sign up and say, you know, every Tuesday night at eight o'clock before bed, they go to this website, I pay for it, and they talk about a deeper version of history, stuff that is not written in history books. Or they talk about how you can create your own radio show. You know, this is a wonderful time for a lot of people to take all the knowledge they have and start selling it to these parents that children are at home. Right. That's, that's amazing. And speaking of education and, um, you know, books, uh, I'm wondering what has, have been, um, what has made an impact in your life? Uh, what kind of books? Uh, what kind of classes? Criminal Minds. No, I'm just kidding. That's a show that I love to watch. Um, I read a lot of books about history. I read a lot of books about motivation. Um, I try my best to stay away from the negative. Um, you know, we all deal with our own insecurities and our own, you know, mistakes that we make and things we come up short on. I make sure I don't hang around people that can remind me of that. I can discount it when I think it. Um, you always want to be around people that's going to tell you what's right with you and not what's always wrong with you. Um, you want to be around people that are doing something in life instead of just sitting back and judging. Um, you know, they say things like, I don't know if you ever heard this phrase, different levels, different devils. I have learned that that's a lie because only God can recreate. So what usually happens is it's the same person becomes in a different gender, different race, and a different position. And I listen to people talk and it helps me figure out how to manage them in my life, if that makes sense. Um, I'm, I, I talk a lot. I want to talk to people. I mean, I can get in a grocery store and I just talk a lot to people because I want to know, I want to know more knowledge. I want to know more, you know, if someone is from Germany, well, I heard the gardens, they are beautiful. And I just picks up, I pick up so much knowledge just in general conversation. So I try to stay away from negativity. That's my motivation. Um, realizing that my children are a gift from God um, and I have to take care of them. Now you would say, what are they, 12 and 13? No, they're 21 and 23, but they're still my kids. Yeah. Um, honoring that law, God. And he says, this is a gift for me, to you. So if you don't honor that, why should I give you anything else? <clears throat> Things like that makes a difference. And I, I can say honestly, when it finally happens, 
you're going to find yourself all by yourself. Have you ever noticed most success stories that they'll say when it happened, everybody else had gone? So when people walk away, that's fine because they're not a part of the next level. Uh, when people do things, that's fine. They're not part of the next level. You have to say so tunnel vision on what you want to do and what you feel is passionate in your life. You can't be distracted by the negativities of others. So um, that's my motivation. I just say positive. And once I see that sign that you may have some stuff with you, I'm not, I'll just say, you know, I'm not well. I can't deal with that because I'll. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's amazing. I think this is the only a rule that everyone on social media should follow because it's mm -hmm. so easy to get pulled into different direction mm -hmm. and if you have a bigger following and you're doing a lot of things you mm -hmm. have to be very very focused on only positive things you have to it, it is just amazing how you do that um, yes. you know one of my favorite phrases ever is from a buddhist monk um he was saying when when people put trash in you, like even when they just complain, not necessarily mm -hmm. about you, but about the life and everything, you have to be compassionate, you have to listen, but you have to be like a trash bin without a, um, a bottom. So it kind of yes. goes right through. And I right. see that in you because you mm -hmm. meet such a diverse um, range of people on your show. Mm -hmm. And, and the stories and you help the people in need. I'm sure all that can weigh down on a person. Mm -hmm. And if you're not focusing only on the positive and, and seeing only the best of it, it right. can get really, really difficult. So um, I am so, so grateful for you to come and share your life with us today. Yes, thank um, you. I wish you all the best in the future in all of your projects. Um, we're very Thank excited you. to cheer you on and uh, have you come back uh, to do another podcast um, and really uh, keep this relationship going. Thank you so much again for your Thank story, you. yes. uh, for your motivation, and definitely for your positivity. Thank you so much. I am honored that you asked. Thank you.